I'm so glad that you are here with us this morning for morning meditations for men. You know what to do. Grab your coffee and grab your device and we are going to get into this word. Listen, brothers, this is it. Uh, Today we're going to continue in the uh, book of Job and we're looking at Job chapter one, Job chapter one, and we're going to jump down to verse number nine. And I'm going to read it from the New American Standard Bible today, the New American Standard Bible. And it reads, Then Satan answered the Lord, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a fence around him and his house and all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and the possessions and his possessions have increased in the land. But reach out with your hand now and touch all he has. He will certainly curse you to your face. Then the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not reach out and put your hand on him. So Satan departed from the presence of the Lord. So this morning, I want to look at this uh, from this perspective that everything was available. So now we looked at, if you go back uh, a couple days in our podcast, we first talked about the enemy was active and how Satan was active in doing his job and how we have to be active in doing our job. Then we looked at the fact that exaltation was applied, meaning that God began to brag on us about Satan. If you go back to verse number eight, you'll see how God was bragging on us um, to Satan. Even before it was asked for, God began to brag on us. And that's that's a sweet thing when you stop and think about it, that God is bragging on you about how great you are, how much you mean, how strong you are. God is bragging on you. So today we're going to talk about everything was available. Everything was available to the enemy to do with whatever, however he wanted to do it, except Job's life. So when you stop and you think about that, this is a really, really strong dynamic that tells me a lot of things. First of all, it implies from the viewpoint of Satan, it implies that the people who love God only love God because of what God does for them, right? He says, he says, Satan says this, he says, he says, what do you mean? Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a fence around him, his house and all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. He literally says everything that Job has is because, catch this, because this is really important, is because of you, but he only loves you because of the stuff that he has and what you do for him. Why would God brag on you if it was simply about the fact of the stuff God gives? 
There is a deeper relationship that we must have with the Father. And this relationship is a love relationship, right? It simply means that no matter what, I love God. And this really is the proving point that God was trying to get Satan to understand. You control people and you do with what you want to people and they love you for the stuff you give them. Because let, let's just be honest. There are people out here who worship Satan and, and it's based on what they get from the worship of Satan. There is a counterpart. There's a counterpart to good and to righteousness. There's a counterpart to righteousness, which is evil or unrighteous. Right. And so Satan gives and gives and gives and gives and gives. But what people don't understand is when Satan is constantly giving and giving and giving, he really is taking. Uh, there is an undercurrent. My God, there is an undercurrent that is occurring when it looks like things are coming to you. We were at the beach uh, a couple days ago. And it was a marvelous time. And we stopped in one particular area of this uh, island that we draw on. And we watched the water. And we watched as the waves would come in and hit a particular area. But then there was something that was going on underneath the water. And it would you could see literally how it snatched everything back, even as it would come in, the top would look like it was coming in. But if you look closely enough, the undercurrent was sucking everything out. And what Satan will do is he will. <laughs> let me let me say it this way. All right. Just another analogy on top of an analogy. He'll give you the sugar donut, but he won't tell you about the diabetes. Satan will give you the sugar donut, but he will not tell you about the diabetes. So the, that, the, the sugar donut is awesome. You're gonna enjoy it, you're gonna love it, it's gonna be awesome. But he will not tell you how diabetes will literally kill you. It will put you in all kind of, have you in all kind of uh, hospital beds and illnesses and, and, and the removal of limbs and all of those things, that it, blindness. He won't tell you, but he'll tell you this, this sugar donut sure does taste good and you'll keep eating it. Right. So but God doesn't do that when it's about righteousness. There is a love relationship that says, I love you if you don't ever give me anything. I love you if you never do anything for me. I just love you. And this this is now when we're talking about men, because this is morning meditation for men. This is the thing that we must get in our hearts and dealing with our own families our own children, our spouses. I love you no matter what, right? It, right? I love you no matter what. But we had an argument last night, but I still love you. You didn't take the trash out, but I still love you. You didn't fix the sink, but I still love you. It doesn't matter. You didn't, we, we, we haven't had sex for six weeks, but I still love you. Because I can't allow these things to get in the way of my love life because my love life 
Okay, this is for men, and there may be some young boys who are sharing this, and you're sharing this with, and they need to hear it as well. My love life is bigger than an ejaculation. Okay, yeah. My love life is bigger than an ejaculation. My love life is my heart. It's my soul. It's what I think about. It's what I, I'm concerned about. When we're talking about men, right? And so if we go back to the scripture here. Satan really implies that we only love God for the stuff that he gives to us. And that is not true, right? Everything belongs to God. Now, the next thing I see here is that uh, the juxtaposition that things that were given are now about to be taken. Because if you read on in, in um, Job, you'll see that, uh, you know, he, he gave him permission. I want us to see here. How God gives, he does not take away. He may allow or give permission to the enemy to step into our lives to take things from us, but he does not take. It is outside of God's ability to take away. Let that resonate in your presence, in your spirit. God does not take. He does not subtract. Everything that God does, everything he has is multiplication. He cannot take it away. He is not that kind of God. He does not operate in the removal. He only operates in the multiplication and the addition of great things in your life. Well, well, pastor, what are you talking about? My child died. It was for a reason and a purpose so that God could be glorified in your life. God was protecting you. Listen to me, because this is very powerful. He was protecting you from something that was going to happen down the line that would have been probably more devastating. Yeah. He, see, and this is, this is it. When we got, we got to slow down enough to understand that God is sovereign and he is omniscient. And so that means that he knows everything. And he, uh, 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 omnipresent was another one uh, that, that I've I read. And I believe that he, he knows everything and he is everywhere at the same time. And, and, it, and omniscient and omnipresent is hard for the human mind to totally understand. But when you stop and think about it, God is the expanse. He created time for us and he sits in the expanse of time, meaning that God is in the past. He is in the present and he is in the future at all times. So when he allows things to happen, he already understands that he has been and is where you are going. And so because he is where you are going, he understands that this particular thing in your life will not benefit you when you get where you are going. This whole thing is about a process. Salvation is about a process. Our love life is about a process. Our love relationship with God is about a process. All of this stuff is wrapped up in this process that we're about to understand and realize as being, being men, as we dig through this book of Job, it says 
that Satan left and he had one thing in mind after he got permission was to take Job out. Right? So I need us to be encouraged today. I need you to be motivated that there are going to be things that come. You, This is November 2020. And the, and the people of the United States and the people around the world are dealing with this pandemic, the ones that a pandemic that we haven't seen the likes of in, they say, 100 years. It's affecting a lot of lot more people than the SARS pandemic of, I think it was 2018 or 17. And it's affecting a lot more people than the AIDS pandemic of when I was a young kid. But it is attacking a lot of people. It's attacking a lot of people. It's attacking a lot old people. It's attacking young people. It's attacking babies. And people don't know what to do. But let me tell you something, that God is still in control. He sits on the throne of our lives and he is in control. He knows. I know. I get it, my brother. It is hard. How can you tell me that God is in control? But he is in control. I get it. It's hard. My my child died. I lost my job. I don't have enough to take care of my family. What God is trying to do ultimately in the midst of this is he is trying to shift us to a place of trust, to trust in him, to believe that he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that works in us. But you've got to have the power of the Holy Ghost working inside of you. This cannot be just a notion and a thing and a maybe, but we have got to be convinced and convicted that God loves us enough that he is going to cover us and protect us when the enemy comes to subtract from us. Everything is available except you. The last thing and the most important thing that I see here, and I got to go because my time is short, is that God is saying to us, unattach yourself, unattach yourself from stuff. It is just that. It's stuff. Everything that I've given you, I can give it to you again. Everything that I've blessed you with, I can bless you with it again. Unattach yourself from stuff. Don't get so attached to your car. Don't get so attached to your uh, house. Don't get so attached to your job. Don't listen. I know this is a hard one. Don't get so attached to your children. The scripture teaches us that children are a heritage and that it is our responsibility after we have them to give them back to the Lord. And they have a purpose. They have a purpose. And one day I'll, one day I'll, I'll talk more about um, one day I'll, we'll have an open discussion about grief and my um, my grandson, my grandson, yeah, um, sweet baby Emmanuel. But listen, everything belongs to God. Even, even the babies belong to God. Even the babies belong to God. I gotta get out of here. I got to get out of here. Everything belongs to God. And so don't get so attached to stuff. 
because God knows what he's doing in your life. God knows what he's doing in your life. Meet me back next time because we're going to dig some more into Job and we're going to see what Satan did with the permission that he had. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before your presence and we say thank you. Thank you for your goodness and for your greatness. Thank you for being our God. God, we commit our lives to you today, wherever we are. God, if this is the first time listening, God, uh, I pray that these men would confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that you are God and that they would turn their lives over to you to run it. Help us, God, not to be so attached to the great things that you've given us, knowing, Father, that you can multiply what was taken away. And God, we ask that you would give us joy, that you would give us peace, that you would give us strength, tenacity in the face of evil, in the face that you would give us a reassurance that you are still here when it seems like everything in our world is falling apart, that you're still here, God, and that you care for us and that you love us. We thank you, God, for being our God. We thank you, God, for being the strongest, biggest, baddest God in the world. You're awesome, and we love you. Cover these brothers, God, as they go throughout their day today. Give them what they need to make it to the next level. Give them the reassurance that you're right there in the midst of it. And help them to become the best men that they can be for their spouses, for their children, for their nieces and nephews, for their friends, in their jobs, in their homes, in their communities. I thank you in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus the Christ we pray. And everybody shouted amen. Amen and amen. All right, brothers, thank you so much for being with me this morning on Morning Meditation for Men. I appreciate your time. It looks like I've gone over quite a bit on this one, but I need you to get this and lock this in, that God loves you. He loves you. And the only thing he wants back from you is for you to fall in love with him. All right. This is Pastor S. Jeffrey Monks. We out of here. Peace.